Welcome to Relaxed and Free, a clinically-minded, biblically-based counseling podcast. I am your host, Carrie Corley, here with my good friends, Doug Bonebreak and hey. Chris Renfro, also known as Google Chris. Hello. Yeah. And um, you know what? This is our... <laughs> <laughs> what kind what of episode is this, Carrie? <laughs> Shoot the crap. This is our relaxed and free episode. This is our relaxed and free episode. This is a bonus yeah. episode. This is a bonus relaxed and free episode. Yeah. 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 So there's no, we're just going to be talking. Yeah. Much to the detriment of our reputation. Unlike every, <laughs> unlike every other podcast, we're going to talk in this yeah. one. Right. Yeah. This is a novel approach. We're going to, we're going to say words into microphones. We're going to say stuff that you guys find very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, (laughs) okay. So we had a good interview with, uh, Misty. Yeah. I previously, I, I I really want Misty to come back. Yeah. We, we need to have her back. Okay. That, that, that's a foregone conclusion. If, if she will come back, which I think we have on record that she will. Yeah. She said so. Yeah. She said we recorded. We have it recorded is (laughs) basically legally binding. (laughs) Um, No, I, that was a, that was a a really great episode. Great story. What um, did you find most compelling? Hard story. Um, I, I thought the, the focus there, there was a lot, she focused a lot on, when, when the trauma happens, so there are two things. One, f- highlighting that you physically change when trauma happens. Brain-wise. Brain-wise, yeah. um, which then affects your whole body, right? Yeah. So it's a rippling effect, which also ripples into, you know, your, your overall health, but obviously your emotional health, and then obviously your um, spiritual health as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're just connected and all these things, like all of our yeah. stuff is intertwined. So it's, I knew that like logically, but to then like see it played out mm-hmm. basically through her story and, and, and just narrating all of that. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Like it's, a, it's different when you see it in a practical setting rather than just, you know, and then the other yeah, component is different. was that um, when you have the person sitting in front of you, Telling you how they experienced it, right? And yeah. all and all the details that you, mm-hmm. you know, like she remembered. Uh, you could you I could smell the cigarette of that lady. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, that's such was, a minor detail in that, but yeah, I, but but that's yeah, that's what takes you there, right? Yeah. No, I remember yeah. that too. Yeah. Um, and so, um. So that was really intriguing. And then the other piece was this, that notion, and maybe that's part of her counseling. I I didn't get a chance to ask yeah. which is why we need to have her back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, the whole thing about like kind of separating, right. When this trauma happens in a couple to kind of separate and then get them to a safe spot before yeah. focusing on the, on the, them as a unit. Right. Is that a normal thing? Is that a... It's a great question. I think you'd talk to some counselors and there would be debate on that. Uh, I Obviously, she's our guest in that moment. And I'm not going to be like, well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I would... Um, I, I used to do things that way. I'll say this because I see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. I used to do things that way, and I think there are definitely inexperienced counselors out there. And I will be the first to say that when I met with the Terrells, I was we're we're talking six years ago now, mm-hmm. and uh, I've grown professionally since then. And so, just like anybody in any field for six years, you know what I'm capable of doing now 
was not capable of doing then. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it or whatever. And I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is um, if the Terrells came into my office today, I would not say, hey, we should do individual therapy. First and then come back. I wouldn't. So no. so what's your... I would say let's meet as a couple. But also now, and I, I talked about this in the, uh, in the interview with Missy, uh, I did not have a robust methodology for trauma-informed care <laughs> at that time, like I do now. Now I have EMDR, and it has changed the scope of my practice in yeah. so many ways. And that's one way. So when I'm counseling with a couple where there's been betrayal and trauma, essentially, and we're, let's say we're gearing the session towards communicating around a fight that they just recently had or given if can i be the dum-dum and and yeah. ask what emdr is oh gosh that's oh a yeah huge statement so yeah <laughs> hold I mean, on to because it for, you're you guys have talked about it yeah. in it, yeah. in in the interview and and now you're talking about it just again. google it uh, just google it i guess <laughs> that is kind of my job uh, no. <laughs> no yes you can't ask that and i do want to answer that let me finish this thought and then we'll get right, into right. that. Um, so now I have the tools to, um, if Misty were in my office today and I knew that Jim, because she talked about, you know, unsafe people. Right. I know Jim's safe, right? I've done all of my assessments. I know that the husband that's sitting in the chair is not um, a narcissistic, criminally minded individual who just wants to punish his spouse. Like I know okay, that's so that, not happening. So that's part of your procedure, though, right? These, yeah, this couple will, comes in that you've never met. Yeah, and then you'll you're going to evaluate out. both. You'll weed that out in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. So you do still somewhat separate them because you're not going to be able to get that. They would like, while for both me for me and in my practice. Well. It just depends, uh, you know, on the people. Um, it depends on the people. And then uh, there's there's so much that goes into that. One of the things that we do here is an online assessment uh, that the the people would take individually. So they would answer, and it's an extensive assessment. So it's okay. uh, the, from the Gottman Institute, and it's a compilation of several assessments pieced together. It can take up to two hours to complete. And in that assessment, it looks for that type of behavior okay. and um, and gives the uh, the spouses uh, their own time and their own place to uh, write down if something's going on. Okay. So there's that. I do want to say too, and I'm, this probably doesn't make for good podcasting or Hollywood or whatever it is. <laughs> Definitely Hollywood. <laughs> I don't you know, know if you guys I mean. know. I'm, I'm posting this directly to, <laughs> to Hollywood. Hollywood. To Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood's on the line waiting. <laughs> I, <laughs> it doesn't make for great radio or whatever it is, sure. but the majority of people that come through my office and into counseling are not going to fit the um, paradigm of someone who is an abuser, which is what Missy said, right? Someone okay. who's just an evil person that just wants to see someone suffer. Right. That is not, I know that makes for good movies, but that is not the majority of people that come into counseling. Yeah. If you work yeah. for a lifetime, cover your ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Now I lost That's my train good. of thought. Well, so you were about to describe EMDR. And explain what EMDR is, yeah. Okay, EMDR stands for, and now I'm going to look at Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi. Hi. EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing and is a method in professional counseling. And I say that because you have to have a master's degree and be licensed as a professional counselor in order to practice emdr you can't get trained or anything in it without those so but um it was created by a gal named francine shapiro and um she was a cognitive she has passed away now um but she was a cognitive behavioral therapist and uh in the 70s and 80s and now 
for those of us who don't know what cognitive behavioral therapy is. Yep, that's uh, so helpful. cognitive behavioral therapy is you have um, maladaptive beliefs, right? Let's keep going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> this is horrible. You have stinky <laughs> beliefs. No. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. Have, you have bad. You have bad thoughts, or no bad beliefs, and bad beliefs create bad thoughts, and bad thoughts create bad actions. Is the is the essential is a quintessential teach a kindergartner cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. Okay. All right. You want to replace those bad beliefs with adaptive beliefs or good beliefs. Okay. Take the take out the bad beliefs, replace them with good beliefs, and then you create good thoughts and then you create good behavior. That is cognitive behavior therapy. In CBT in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. So, so like that is what uh, Francine you know, Shapiro was practicing. Like yeah. I'm 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 depressed. I feel like I am not worth anything. And these are all my, those are like examples of a bad belief. What's the, what's the, what's the smart person word for that? Maladaptive. Maladaptive. So, okay. Mal, (laughs) adaptive and adaptive. Mal being bad. And I'm understanding the terminology a little bit now. I told you I was going to be the dumb dumb. I'm sorry. They're almost the same word, but they're slightly different. (laughs) Does that help? Yeah. 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 So that's cognitive behavioral therapy. Francine Shapiro practicing cognitive behavioral therapy. She's on a walk uh, processing some of her own trauma. And she sees, uh, I could be messing, screwing this story up, but this is how I tell it to my clients, so sue me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't sue them. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, so she's, she's sitting on a park bench or something, okay? And she's watching trees sway back and forth while she's processing, and uh, she notices that it makes a difference in the way that she's processing her own ish- issues, okay? And she's like, wow, maybe there's something to this. Um, and long story short... That is a long story. She finds out that the bilateral stimulation that's created in the left and right hemispheres of the brain from the swaying of the trees. So you have the swaying of the trees that is creating a visual stimulation to the eyes is actually lighting up the left and right hemispheres of the brain. Okay, so she takes that neuroscience fact and compare and combines it with cognitive behavioral therapy to create EMDR. Fast forward from 1980s to now, EMDR has become a data-driven, successful modality of therapy, which means it works really good. Yeah, and it means it works real good. But like, (laughs) but like, also specifically, and and I can't make this recommendation. You can, but I, uh, Lindsay, also trained in EMDR. Doctor Lindsay Bonebreak. Doctor Lindsay Bonebreak, my wife. Yes, I don't call her doctor all the time. The real my wife's name is Lindsay, so I just want to make sure. Yes, thank you. You're. I, I hope her Twitter that. handle is the real Dr. Bonebreak. I, I hope, <laughs> at, I hope it will be at, at the, real the real Dr. Dr. Bonebreak. <laughs> um, she, we didn't she start told, the clock. She told me about Man. that um, for obviously for kids with trauma because she specializes in the kid therapy, but um, for veterans yeah. with PTSD, it's huge. Yeah. It's like built for that. Yeah. Um, and so I've been preaching that to all my friends in mm-hmm. the military or former military yeah because almost all of them have ptsd of some mm-hmm. shape and yeah. form and i'm like you need to ask your counselor you need to ask the va you need to ask all these people about emdr because yeah. it's like exactly what you need it's so true yeah i tell i tell all my clients it's weird but it works mm-hmm. and it is weird but it really does work. And I did not participate in it for the longest time because I put it on the same shelf. <laughs> Man, I'm going to get in so much trouble. I put it on the same shelf as like essential oils mm-hmm. and like chiropractic <laughs> yeah. care. The, the homeopathic. Yeah. Hey, I um, love my chiropractor. Misty, if Miss, uh, speaking of Missy, <laughs> if she were in here right now, she'd throw something. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she <laughs> She's would. like, I thought you learned. <laughs> no, you should know. No, better. 
I'm naturally a doubting Thomas. <laughs> okay, so EMDR, what you just set me in front of a tree and it sways, and now I'm yep, that's it. And now yeah. I'm better. That's yeah, it. go Look sit at here. Go sit here and think about your problems, boy. <laughs> pray, pray it away. <laughs> I, I mean, no, I said, I'm, I'm 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 trying no. to picture. Obviously, so you have some sort of. Go yeah. ahead. Do you really? Do you know? I have no know? idea. I feel like you're guiding us right. No, I yeah, I so legitimately the have no idea. The therapist who's trained in EMDR will use either a light bar. Uh, sometimes they'll use their hand. Like it's hard for people to see me, obviously, but they'll sit. Um, don't touch the microphone. That was my Doug. fault. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Um, to create this bilateral stimulation. So you can do it visually, you can do it auditorily, you can do it with headphones, or you can do it tact in a tactile way, which um, I prefer. And I, that's how I introduce it to most of my clients is through buzzies. Uh, they'll, they're just, they, you hold them and they buzz bzz, 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 back in your fourth in your hand. And they create the bilateral stimulation needed to stimulate the left and the right hemisphere while you are processing a traumatic event. Okay. So the theory is that when you are living through a trauma, your left hemisphere of your brain shuts down. And that's where all your thought, your rationale, um, your ability to process what's going on in the moment is in your left hemisphere. Your fight or flight response is in your right hemisphere. And it is hyperactivated. So you heard Missy say, I was hypervigilant. Mm -hmm. So you know that's in the right brain. Well, that's good and well when you're in a combat situation, mm -hmm. right? Like if I'm in a foxhole um, and I need to survive, like I want to uh, have the energy and the directiveness to do the, the hypervigilance. Right yeah, yeah. Um, where it gets messy is then when I come home from combat, and this is oversimplification. Right. How do you turn how do you turn purpose. the left side back on? Yeah. Yeah. So um which but, but, you know, the military spends a great deal of money for military guys turning the right sure. side off and keeping them oh, I present see. I in see. the moment, right. right? Which is like, you know, you slap a Navy SEAL and they're like, do it again. Mm -hmm. no, just kidding. I don't, I've never slapped a Navy yeah. SEAL. I just want to say that. I don't think that that's would good. be a great idea. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, they might not say do it again. They might no, do I something. think you might not remember what happens, right. actually. <laughs> so Lindsay, Lindsay described it one time because, you know, she has to do this with kids. So she's created a, an a, analogy yeah, different, yeah. for kids. And she... Perfect I'm for gonna, me. I'm going to butcher this too because it's been a while since she's told me. But it, it was something like when trauma is half, you have the left side and the right side, and it's like two filing cabinets and um, for your memories. And that when trauma happens, um, you're, you put files in the wrong filing cabinet and they get out of order. Hmm. And normally, like when you go to sleep, you are trying to like put everything in the file, files and keep it all orderly, but you're missing these files and they're out of place. And so the only way to get them in the right spot is to process through that trauma and then using this bilateral stimulation, it will allow you to um, put the file in the right spot and you can finally like sleep again. But you got to relive it. Yeah, you got to be going is, through it at the same time, which is why the well, therapy is happening at the same time as you're getting the stimulation. Exactly. Right. So you like... Yeah walk through it and and that's it takes a long time in, in it takes therapy, a licensed professional that exposure right so i'm exposing okay. myself to the trauma yeah even the memory of the trauma again and exposure therapy is different from emdr uh in the sense that there's not bilateral stimulation so some people if people are just practicing exposure therapy you know you're talking through mm -hmm. your talk therapy through the incident type of thing and then emdr adds the bilateral stimulation and there's really not an emdr what i love about emdr is a therapist just gets out of the way really and yeah. lets the brain in all of its miraculous design work yeah you know 
You're it's like just a, like, like a guide, just, like a Sherpa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come to my yurt. <laughs> yeah. I can take you to the mountaintop. I don't know the right. I don't know the <laughs> accent. I don't know the That's accent for Sherpa okay either. Yeah. Is yeah. this another okay. pop culture reference? No. I think a Sherpa is yeah. like um, to, a guide, like a mountain guide. Come to the mountain. Yeah. It could Sherpa. be Siberian. <laughs> it could, yeah. Maybe in Siberia. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just the the EMDR stuff is really cool to hear about, and yeah, I obviously yeah. I haven't experienced it, but Lindsay, oh, you haven't? No, Lindsay's oh. told me a bunch of stories, and I've read up on it and stuff, and it's, oh man, it's so encouraging, and I yeah, I, and yeah, like for real. So I'll tell you, Lindsay is the one. So for a year, so Lindsay and I work together. We've talked Dr. About Lindsay Bonebrig. Yeah. Not the wife. real, yeah, not the real Dr. Bonebrig. The real Dr. Yeah. We're, I'm going to sign her we up for together. Twitter with that and handle. I yeah. think right away she was like, Carrie, you need to, you need to be doing EMDR. Like, and I was like, you know, who did, is this little girl? I did my in. whole, I did my whole essential oil. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't participate in essential oils yeah. and chiropractic care and this all wackadoo stuff, yeah. you know? And, uh, I really, in my own practice, I ran into, not being able, and I talked about this missing, not being able to um, continue to give people the tools of communication because someone's being triggered in session. And it doesn't, doesn't matter. It could have been, it could be the husband or it could be the wife. One of them or both of them getting triggered and me saying, all right, now slow down mm-hmm. and go ahead and ask her, how do you feel about that? You know, <laughs> if you're in, if you're in a trauma mind, you're not, thinking you don't have that that. left you don't have that left brain to slow things down and do that Mm -hmm. and i mean i'm fighting losing battle i'm getting frustrated and Lindsay's so graciously like (laughs) you should do emdr (laughs) i'm like okay uh well actually and she said uh you know chris cornine does emdr like yeah that's that's where i sit misty and jim and uh and she's like that's like all he does and uh, you'd have to know Chris, but I was Chris is not a fad of the week type guy. No, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, he's, he's a real stu- straight shooter. Yeah, real. Yeah. yeah, you just don't get a sense from him that like yeah, yeah, professional. And right. so I was like, well, maybe if if he's doing it, you know, I'll go check it out. And so I went to training, and in the training, you have to do MDR, which is good. Like, duh, I'm not going to, yeah, I want to be able to do, you know, never trust a skinny shift. Uh, <laughs> never trust a counselor that hadn't done their, you know, yeah. done their own counseling. Right. And so we're sitting there with other counselors and the trainer says, okay, so now's your turn, your time to do EMDR. Uh, your partner is not your therapist. So pick something small. And I'm not typically like a, I'm a one, so I love following the rules, except for when they don't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) And so I looked at my partner, and I was like, hey, I'm going to do, because they had talked about little T trauma and big T trauma. And she was like, everyone do a little T trauma. They're not your therapists. And I was like, hey, I'm going to do a big T trauma. Like, I want to know that this, I want to make sure this stuff works. And I I didn't come here to talk about when Fufu died when Mm -hmm. I was... Mm-hmm. I got some serious stuff I want to unpack. Yeah. Are you okay with that? And she gets this like wide eyes and she was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. And, um, and then, she, then she said, you don't want me to do a big T trauma, right? I was like, no, yeah, you're good. You can, you, you know, can do little T. Yeah. You can do little T trauma. I just want to do a big T trauma. Right. I don't like five seconds in, I'm like crying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, seeing these images and I did the visual stimulation. So she was just using her hands. I, and it's hard to explain. I'm seeing these images and they're all running into each other. And um, I'm reliving a trauma uh, of when uh, I was, gosh, I would, my father was still out. He wasn't in prison yet. And uh, it was, I remember standing in front of the microwave 
and I was microwaving peanut butter for some reason. I don't know why. Fluffer nutter? <laughs> I was already work, working on uh, making myself overweight at this age. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm microwaving peanut butter, and I've actually got the spoon in my mouth. And I don't know, I really don't know what I did. And it doesn't really matter. All I remember is uh, just this dizzying uh, face plant into the microwave. Like, I'm just, I can still feel it. And actually, the spoon that was in my mouth went into the back of my throat and cut the back of my throat. And so I'm like tasting blood. And then I just hear my dad yelling. So, what had happened is he had hit the back of my head like with a slap and sent me into the microwave and, you know, jacked me up. And like, so I'm processing this. And I think the target in in EMDR, you choose targets. Um, The target was just my father. Mm -hmm. And um, light topic. Yeah. Right. That I, I said big girl. T trauma. Yeah. <laughs> you thinking Damn. about my partner? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm processing. I'm just imagining Lindsay being that partner and she would have been. She would have been. So, so I'm bad. processing all of this and, um, you know, and I think I'm probably one of three men out of like 35 total in the thing. So like, you like know, like the rest are women. The rest are women. Yeah. So. Like, uh, I, I don't even know if anybody was paying attention, but uh, I'm. It's it's a room full of counselors, so you don't really care. And if anything, I'm a man crying in a room full of counselors who are pre- predominantly women. I'm probably like, yeah, I'm like top notch. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this guy's so sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> Mad props. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That guy knows what he's doing. He's real. You know, yeah, which. <laughs> You're not thinking about that at the time. I add that for humor effect later. And then now that I say it out loud, it sounds conceited. (laughs) (laughs) All of these women were totally into (laughs) me at this time. I'm like, I'm trying to be humorous. (laughs) And I'm like, well, maybe it doesn't sound that great. I don't know how else to say this, but I would have cleaned up. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, and now I'm thinking like, how am I when I tell that story to my client? I should probably leave that part out. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why did I do that? I thought it was funny. That's not. Did those funny. people come back? I'd have to do it. Have to no, do like they, they just did an awkward laugh and then like. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, I'm getting a call. Right. My beeper. <laughs> what? You're right. Um, so how long? How long? Are, how long did that session go? Right. So you're that just in short. training. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that what short. five minutes. Fifteen. That was. That was. So they do it in passes. So you'll do the bilateral stimulation for a pass. Okay. And uh, passes range from anywhere from fifteen to thirty seconds. And I'd say we probably did twelve passes. Okay. In in that in fifteen seconds snippets oh okay so it's not constant Mm-mm. so you're not the way that i was trained but so no. so but you're you're just telling the story the whole way through and then every once in a no. while or like no i'm seeing it you're not talking i'm not saying anything no really i'm seeing it and then at the end of a pass she'll say what did you notice and i'll say I was standing in this one. I remember very well. I was standing in the woods. It was very dark. I see a bright light and I started moving towards it. And she would say, go with that. And I'd just go back to that spot and I would keep going wherever. And so for me, EMDR is very visual. Now it's not that way for everybody. Um, I've learned this as I've been practicing it. There's some people who, don't see anything they maybe just feel so if you break it down into mind which would be thoughts um uh feeling which would be heart right which is not literal heart but emotional and then um body which is like body sensations some people uh, some people use all three some people are only geared towards one you know um mine's 
more thought-based and then emotions kind of spring up from that. So, you know, I started crying very soon into the images, even though they weren't necessarily sad images themselves, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's the hurt that you associate with those. But that my brain was associating with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's no. That's does that yeah. answer your question about EMDR? Uh yeah. It I mean it I have like a lot more to want to know about it, but like it's really interesting because like I've never I have never gone to counseling whatsoever. That's why I'm woefully ignorant to um any terminology Everybody or, should go or, to or anything like that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Says the counselor, here's Says my card. <laughs> I'll give you half off. And where mm -hmm. should I go to counseling? Lakewood Family Therapy. Oh, that where sounds like... At, where we laugh at you. That sounds like a great place. <laughs> I hear the you guy... You might end up on a podcast. Yeah. I hear the guy that works there, he cleans up. He cleans <laughs> <laughs> We got a spit take on that. Okay, we... We'll take a break. We'll be right back. At Lakewood Family Therapy, we aim to be your refuge in the storm. We're professional Christian counselors whose sole purpose is to bring healing to your family and hope for the future. If you'd like a free 15-minute phone consultation with one of our professional counselors, you can call or text 816 663-9751 or head on over to our website lwfamilytherapy.com we'd love to hear from you lakewood family therapy where faith family and future is our number one priority when chris said that i had a mouth full of what is this LaCroix. 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 And I spit it all over. Spit myself. <laughs> yeah. So, welcome back. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. We had to take a break to do some cleanup. Yeah. Okay, well, do you want to ask uh, real questions about uh, the EMDR now that you know? did You You said you had a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> no, or, I don't. Do I, want to talk about I guess I, my questions are more of, like, not for... A, a, a format like this, it would be more like a, I'm interested in like what that would do for you, what that would do for me. I'm, I don't necessarily think that I need to go to counseling, but I'm so uh, like anything where it's like, you know what you sound like to me? Scientific. Someone on the verge of realizing they need to go to counseling. No, I think that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, here's my card. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can make the same joke again. Should we do that? Um, I would be interested in the process, and I don't, I don't know what I would even share in a situation like that. Um, but I, the scientific process and yeah. what you described is fascinating to me. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's I, weird, but it works. And I, I also give, I also tell this to everybody. I'm not a neurologist. And really, what we know about the brain is like a fraction of what there is to be discovered about the brain. So we're talking about all of these things, and we're using images like the file cabinet. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I, I will often hold my hand up like you're giving someone a high five and talk about it in terms of a neural network and so you have the target that you're targeting MDR and then the fingers are all the branches of the things that need to be processed mm. off of that particular target. So if I chose a target of my father, he's my palm. And then that one incident of, uh, of abuse is just one finger off of that palm, right? There's other things connected to that target that need to be processed. But I say all I'd say is like, we're, oversimplifying it mm -hmm. in an, in an attempt to understand uh, it understand it yeah yeah i mean it's what and and this actually brings me to another thing we um in in missy's interview 
it was kind of that same thing, right? Where we were talking about how these, we keep, we keep trying to do all these legalistic things and Mm -hmm. create rules and stuff. And, you know, the Bible's mostly gray and that, that type of thing. But that's, that's how we can do the things that we do. Mm -hmm. We have to have short hands and shortcuts in order for us to function well or to, to do the higher level process, the higher level functions at all. Right. So for instance, like shooting a basketball, there's a ton of motions Mm -hmm. tied up in that. Yeah. But, but we just say he took a shot. Right. And so somebody, I, I, I'm not going to be able to remember where I, pulled this from but i i heard one time they were breaking down it might have been like a malcolm gladwell book they were breaking down like how um coaching works with like athletes yeah so if you're learning a new move for ice skating or whatever like what do you do because the way that we as humans as biological creatures are able to do this is you have like your stride and you have this and you have that and you you we kind of can these things up mm-hmm. and package them and seal them off and say this is my stride done and so the so during a performance or whatever you you're not touching any of those packaged things you're just doing the motions right yeah but during practices during training in the off season all that stuff you re you can reopen those packages and try and tweak your stride or tweak this or tweak that. Sure. And so what's interesting is that if you apply that at a high level to everything, spirituality included, mm-hmm. um, whether it's explicitly written in the Bible or not, we are taking the moral lessons, the parables, the all these things, and we're codifying them creating rules for ourselves of this is what that says to me. And I believe that. So I subscribe that. So here's my internal set of rules that I'm following. And we do this kind of across the board with all things is that in order for us to be able to talk in general language about Mm -hmm. highly complex topics, Mm -hmm. we have to have, you know, a whole bunch of acronyms and words and, symbolic things that represent a ton in this small little package. So I'm going to codify what you just said. Yeah, hit me. We take something really big and we make it really small so we can do it well. Yep. (laughs) Yep. We look at, yeah, and we just zoom in where necessary. Yeah. Like, and and open it up where necessary. Yeah, Um, when we need to. That's a really interesting thing, though, to apply that to, like, a trauma Right. Because, and what she called it, deconstructing, right? Yeah, that's what she called it. I which was going to ask what she meant by that, but I, we, she was moving, so. So that's a big, <laughs> big thing right now. I love how she said the word fundy um, oh, yeah. <laughs> for fundamentalist Christians. It's a big and thing. And what does that mean? I, I was going to get a definition for that, too, because yeah, I'm kind of outside tell you. of this. So, circle a little bit. I don't want to speak for Chris, but I think he put himself in that category too. So, okay. So, what's the category you're putting me in? I was outside of the inner circle of like the shorthand of the fundamentalist of, Christian. Oh, fundamentalist. fundamentalist yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure I know what fundamentalist Christians are. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's recently taken on a negative connotation. When it was first created, um, in if we go back to the 60s and 70s, I believe. You might have to Google this, Chris. I'm off duty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was Christian. <laughs> um, it was evangelical Christians who wanted to get back to the fundamentals of the faith. Okay. They felt as though the church was straying from the fundamentals of the Christian faith. So is this like a Martin Luther kind of thing where they like nailed it to a door? It was a type of like Protestant reformation. You could go that far. Um, And then I I think that there's just like all history, there's these cycles of every organization. Right. And so even in 
when I was at Dallas Seminary, we had another cycle of that. Um, and in the 2000s, uh, because fundamentalists had taken a bad rap and there's all this negative, you know, connotation associated with the term, um, we started calling ourselves evangelicals, right? And oh, then okay. the so, evangelical manifesto was created. So, so fundamentalists are now evangelicals? Essentially. In, I mean, if in, you look at it historically, label, I guess. Now, evangelical, like your modern day evangelical um, who didn't have any conceptualization of church history mm-hmm. would turn their nose up at that. But what my, what I am proposing is that yes, okay, it's the same cycle okay, of like, just rebranded. It's rebranded. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's rebranded because fundamentalism is originally was Christians, Protestant Christians saying, let's get back to the fundamentals of the faith. Um, uh, sola scriptura, right? Uh, what's that? Uh, so uh, the Bible is the word of God written by God. Liter- yeah, literal translations. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like everything is... Exactly literal. Exactly literal. Yeah. Well... That is something... So well, I, I took my job back. <laughs> All right, uh, well, Google, Chris. So, so soul scriptura is not, um, not so... Uh, like explicit about explicit about like yeah yeah you would not you wouldn't run up against someone who believed that uh you know the bible um who believed in sola scriptura um who would not say like there's no metaphor in the bible at all they wouldn't say that right sure okay i think they're okay christian fundamentalism movement is a movement in american protestant Protestantism. That's correct. Yeah. Protestantism. That arose in the late 19th century in reaction to theological modernism, which yes. aimed to revise traditional Christian beliefs to accommodate new developments in the natural in the natural and social sciences, especially the theory of biological evolution. So yeah. I think this was a response to Darwin to yeah. uh, maybe modern in the 19th century um, Christian churches kind of adopting. Yeah. Um there was a stuff like the evolution. Yeah, all and the then, scientific well, explosions. Yeah. Yeah. Macro evolution. Right. I think would be a better way to say that. Just from an integrated standpoint. That's a good yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I was gonna yeah. make that, I was gonna say that too. When that came up, I'm like, I just don't understand why people have such a hard time thinking that whether it's right or wrong, right? There's obviously flaws in it, but that God could have created evolution like as a mechanism for, you know, like, sure. yeah. And I'm not, again, not saying well, there's lots of great believers that would fall on that. Yeah. In that camp. Yeah. I think where for me personally, where I draw the line and what I mean by macro evolution is that you have, uh, an, an ape and then give it, you know, however many millions of years you want to add to your timeline, right. it's essentially, apparently, you can just keep adding. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, you've got a human. And you got, you right. know, an ape that turns into Homo sapiens. It's like, oh, gosh, that's a stretch. I, it's, but so I guess what I'm saying is, for, as again, as a scientist, it's yeah. possible. It, it's not probable that it would happen on its own. In fact, it's probably near near impossible that it would happen on its own. Like I could win the mega millions way before. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Several times over. Right. Um, Just like life spontaneously occurring. Right. Right. So Mm -hmm. all of these things in theory, supposedly could happen on their own, but more probably God made those things happen. Right. He intervened and he, what I believe. Yeah. And he, Mm -hmm. But it, there's still science, <laughs> like, and that's what bothers me is when they they take it. It's what is that called? The logical fallacy Legalism. of um, no. There's a specific oh. logical fallacy. It's a false dichotomy. Oh, that um, you can only have one the or the other. No, it's called false dichotomy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there is a C in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, anyway, I was so, thinking cognitive dissonance. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. That's not the, that's what I'm saying though, is you basically propose a topic and say, here are your only two choices. And it's like, well, there's a lot more choices than that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. But which but, happens in that oversimplification. Of exactly. Things. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. deconstruction is where we're actually headed. So fundies now evangelicals have done this. Well, and, even so two thousands evangelicals right. again, start to push back on the, um, the, a liberal theology and social constructs, particularly with the LGBTQ movement. Okay. So in America, for sure, mm -hmm. uh, when Supreme Court rule, oh man, we wish it went political. Wow, we got to stay out of politics. So no, it's, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> well, so we're not so talking that about happens. our opinions on it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that happens and the evangelical manifesto is made, right? And so uh, again, uh, traditionalist Christians are saying, good night. Now uh, we were under attack on creationism back mm -hmm. in the 60s and 70s. Fundamentalism mm -hmm. came out against that. And now we're attack on, uh, the attack is on the front of human sexuality. Mm -hmm. um, we need to take a stand against this. The word fundamental now has a negative connotation. Let's call ourselves evangelicals instead. Right. We, we signed the evangelical manifesto, I think in like 2009, 2010. Who's the we? Evangelicals. Did they elect somebody or? Yeah, there was um, a whole host of pastors and theologians in the evangelical community that <laughs> signed on board with it. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was not necessarily a vote taken, but it would be a popular consensus that, wow, we respect this person. Sure. as a voice for the evangelical community and then they self-elect yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i love doug's desire for democracy coming in here it's like history though again let's no, go back I, I guess i guess what i'm saying is that if me attending a church and believing in jesus which would be another fundamental thing right right jesus but, is the son of god but me having and those also those things the hypostatic union um paints me as a evangelical and now i'm lumped into this oh because i forgot I'm, that you someone like signed for me yep yeah. that's what i was wondering <laughs> yeah. like is somebody falsely representing me like that's really interesting <laughs> but it would make a lot of sense as to why uh society's at odds with you know we're battling each other so mm -hmm. hard yeah if if they're supposedly representing me Without my knowledge, um, yeah, that's well. Isn't that the problem with, an issue with like every major group? Is the people that are largely heard are the loudest and often most obnoxious of any group? Yeah, squeaky people. wheel. Oh, the, yeah, the, I don't know. I guess you could say it's a problem in strength. Uh, I'm not specifically going after the church or any political group, but um, it's like every. Uh, it, typically, especially in today's society, it seems that whenever you, the stereotype of any individual group is normally the the outliers. It's not the gray area in the middle that mm -hmm. the, the kind of going back the to the legalistic majority. thing, right? Uh, you know. Yeah. 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 Okay. So deconstruction. Came from oh yeah evolution or um, evangelicals? No, deconstruction is a new hip term for people who grew up in uh, conservative Christian homes who um, accepted their faith it, um, just right out of the gate, and now um, and it's very popular among millennials. Um, and uh, they're saying, like, I didn't choose this. You know, this was forced upon me. My faith was forced upon me. And so they are deconstructing their faith. Um, and mm. yeah, and that's how they're talking about it. Like, I'm deconstructing the, the faith that was given to me, and I'm reconstructing something new, you know. And so that's what yeah. 
I think that's what Misty was talking about. And it is, it's a buzzword right now. So everybody's seems to be every musician I know is a Christian musician from the early 2000s deconstructing their faith. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, fun tangent. Uh, we were at the doctor's office the other day. Yeah. And for some reason, this doctor's office just loves HG, HGTV. Oh, like, my it, wife could sit there. I, I mean, House it's hunters. nuts. <laughs> a, a lot of public waiting rooms love HGTV. <laughs> Is that true? That's where their ratings come from. So <laughs> I worked um, for a local bank and... They also, yeah. every every it's really a smart TV thing. that is, is in a HG. waiting area is HGTV. Well, so why is why is this a tangent? I don't know. <laughs> because <laughs> there's some show on there, and I was in that waiting room for, for quite a while, so I watched the whole episode, basically. One of the new kids on the block. Which one? The one that has this show on HGTV okay. <laughs> has a show on HGTV. I don't know the new kids on the book. There was a Joey, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was a Joey. Yeah. That's as far as I got. My dating oh, myself. Was a Wahlberg in there? Yeah, there Wahlberg, was a Wahlberg. The older yeah. Wahlberg. Yep. Yeah. Dating. Before Wahlbergers. Dating. Those are the two I knew. And my sister yeah. had a little new kids on the block action figure. Nice. And his that was, first, was, that was the first concert I ever went to. Really? Yeah. Step. I remember, I think it was Donnie that swung out over the stage. I can't remember. (laughs) I gotta go. (laughs) Yeah, I think think we are about done. Was there, did you have any uh, final things you wanted to wrap up with? In terms of Missy's interview? No, not really. I thought it was great. I can't wait to have her back on. I think it'll be good. Um, No, I don't have anything. Uh, Cool. Yeah. I think, I think we are, I think we should wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, you guys join us next time for our next episode. We'd love to, uh, hear from you, uh, send any questions or prayer requests or encouragement to ask me anything at relaxedandfree.com. Until then, rejoice in hope, endure in suffering and persist in prayer. Much love. Relaxed and Free is a presentation of Lakewood Family Therapy. Catch up on other episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and please rate and review. Every review honestly helps us bring you this content. Production and engineering led by Doug Bonebreak. Recording done by Chris Renfro. Stay relaxed and free. Let's not waste time. Take this slow. We've got miles behind us, but miles to go. So let's just break this down. The simplest truth You and I as one Will always be better than two Yeah, you and I as one Will always be better than